The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Feeling better? Looking better. Making life better. It's Life Tips. Life We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life Tips. Life tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome to another fabulous episode of the Life Tips radio show. Happy to be with you today. My name is Byron White, and I'm here with Brian Howard, the author of Green Lighting. Brian, welcome. Welcome. Thanks. You have a very long title. I'll read it for everybody, a subtitle of your book, How Energy Efficient Lighting Can Save You Energy and Money and Reduce Your Carbon Footprint. But before we talk about that, I'd love to ask you if if this book was difficult to write because of the subject nature. Did you actually get excited to write this book? I mean, green lighting is something that seems like the lowest thing on the on the totem pole that people are thinking about these days. Uh, but <laughs> tell us about the book and why you wrote the book and why this was perhaps exciting and interesting for you. Uh, well, appreciate the question because uh, a few of my friends had asked me the same thing. But uh, it actually, I got, did get really excited about lighting. The uh, I was actually invited to uh, join the project by uh, one of my co-authors, Seth Lightman and William Brinsky, who are my two co-authors on the book, and they had started it, and they needed some more uh, editorial experience and more deep green experience. They thought they had a little bit more technical background, as Seth, especially with electric cars, so they invited me onto the project, and I immediately got really excited about it because it, it's, lighting is definitely something that people don't think about often, um, but which in some sense is good if it's doing what it's supposed to do. But lighting has a really big effect on how we work, how we feel, how we get done, what we need to do. It, it turns out, Byron, that 90% of our time is now spent indoors, which is you know dramatically opposite what it was even a generation or two ago. Mm-hmm. So it really matters a lot. It can have a big effect on our productivity, and the energy use is significant. So the, uh, when I talk to commercial uh, building managers, they, uh, they're typically very excited about green lighting right off the bat because it has one of the highest ROIs, return on investments, of anything a building manager can do. Typically, uh, upgrading your lighting efficiency in a large building will pay for itself within less than a year. So that's an amazing return. That It's hard to get that with anything. So building managers are excited about it because they can make pretty easy changes and see major uh, uh, savings, and then uh, you know they become heroes in the office. So, in contractors, uh, people who are really uh, used to building, designers are already excited about it. But I think what the challenge is is to get more people excited about it because there's so much that it's such an easy thing to change, and yet it can make a big difference. So, we're going to get people excited about lighting. It's going to be if it's the last thing we do today. But before we do yeah. that, I want people to I learn so. a little bit about your background. Um, are you, I believe you're currently still a web editor at the Daily Green, part of the Hearst Digital yes, Media. Yes, that's right. And, um, and prior to that, you've you've written for Yahoo, MSN, um, Plenty, The Green Guide, Popular Mechanics, the Men's Health. You're an editor. You're a writer. Tell us a little bit about your your background. Yes, I uh, 
Thanks. I appreciate that. I came to um, environmental journalism through through environmental science originally. That's what I studied in college, and then uh, got really interested in trying to communicate that. There's uh, it's such an expanding field, and I've been doing it about 10 years, and it's really changed and grown a lot. It's uh, it's amazing to see how many more people are just excited about environmental science, protecting the environment. You know, a lot of people say that they're going green, but what, what's been good to see is that many people are going green, and, and the whole world just keeps expanding that way. There's more and more ways to go green. So now, you know, whereas 10 years ago, you probably would have been a bit uh, crazy maybe to have a, a whole book on green lighting. Now it just, uh, you know, seems uh, seems pretty natural because there's green books about so many different categories because there's so many opportunities. Tell me how the... Uh the interior design industry is 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 embracing uh, green lighting and and what kind of creative new methodologies and and and, and actual product is is being generated and is it in, is it exciting? It is. It's encouraging because uh, a lot of designers are a little bit resistant when it comes to green lighting because they uh, you know they they like what they like they. They don't necessarily at first want to change the way that they use lighting because they've you know they've done things the way they've done things, and they also there's a just like with all emerging green product areas, there's a lot of uh, early technology. So it's true, you know, er, the earlier additions of pretty much everything don't work maybe as well as they might like. So the one thing that's most exciting is the rise of LEDs, light emitting diodes, which have been around for a, a long time, but they're getting much brighter and more affordable to be used as actual lighting, whereas before they were used for like indicator lights and backlights and things. But they are, are really exciting because interior designers tend to not like fluorescents, either the tube or the CFLs, the compact fluorescents. Those compact fluorescents have been pushed really heavily, and in fact, they're pretty much mandated in many countries, including the U.S., by beginning in 2012 through 2014, the all light bulbs that are sold have to be meet higher efficiency standards. So the way, the easiest way to do that is to use CFL fluorescents. But a lot of designers have pushed back on this because they don't like the quality of the light. And there's a few other drawbacks with uh, with CFLs. But what's really exciting is that LEDs sort of leapfrog over that, and they have uh, much smoother dimming. The uh, it's easier to dim an LED. They last much longer, and the the tones of the light are uh, it's easier to control. It, it, it's typically closer to what you're used to with an incandescent. It's softer, warmer, so it's really good for interior spaces. So, and also LEDs are very flexible and very rugged. So you're seeing uh, actually a great increase in creativity in lighting because you can have much smaller bulbs. You can have many different colors, uh, complex dimming. And so you can really do a lot more with them to really enliven spaces. So that's really exciting. So they're a little bit expensive, but they're coming down a lot. There's bulbs now that you can get for 20 or $30 that are an LED replacement bulb that you can screw just into a regular light bulb socket. And they produce the same amount of light and very close to the warmth and the color quality. It's not exactly the same because the light's produced in a different way, but it's getting, uh, it's getting very good and it's better for some things. So it's pretty exciting that way. I want to ask you about the LEDs, and of course, I'm reading from your book here, and, and, and it talks a little bit about the history of LEDs and the, the scientist uh, uh, Shuji Nakamura, who is sort of the Thomas Edison of LED light, the LED industry. Right. Um, and believe me, I did not read your entire book, but I, I did happen to pick up on some of the LEDs because I was going through some decisions myself. But can, can you tell us a little bit about 
um, you know, how LEDs really could be revolutionary. I mean, the tonal qualities particularly, it was only 1990, as I understand from the book, that, that the, blue, the blue LEDs, you know, were, were, were developed um, and, and they're right. sort of becoming a, a stepping stone to the whole bright tone that we're seeing, particularly on, yep. like, new automobiles that I understand are using, you know, you can actually oh, yeah. see them pretty far away and they look like sort of a little bit obnoxious or kind of a blue light. But can you can you tell us about that advancement and why that's sort of almost becoming a little chic now, a little hip and cool to particularly with right. cars and autos and, and why and that they make so much sense. Really LEDs make so much sense for uh, applications like cars and boats because they're extremely rugged. They're solid state, so there's no moving parts. So they're uh, they do much better with mechanical stresses. They do much better with cold than uh, other lighting does. And uh, they just last so much longer, and they use so little energy. So in, in a place with a controlled power, like on a boat or a car, they just make so much sense. And the lighting quality is continually evolving. It's, uh, most LEDs now do tend to be more on the cooler side, the bluer side. The ones that are made for home sockets now are really getting quite close. They're not quite there. They're still cooler than the incandescents that you're used to. But they're, they're really good for task lighting, too. The 90-plus um, percent of all like desk lights and flashlights now that you can buy anywhere are LEDs. And they're just so much more efficient, especially because in those applications, the light only needs to go in one plane, just directly onto what you're trying to light up. So they uh, they just vastly outcompete other technologies. But in those cases, having a slightly bluer light is actually better. It's better for concentration and for uh, actually seeing resolution. So you want that. So actually, it's probably good for car lights, too. The bluer light actually helps you it, it, it does help with uh, peripheral vision, and it helps you resolve, uh, especially in low light and at night. So it's actually better to uh, to have that light quality. And also, the LEDs you'll oh. see uh, almost all replaced traffic lights now, and certainly in the U.S. are LEDs, and they just last so much longer, use so much less energy. So it just makes uh, they pay for themselves very quickly. So for any town manager, it just it, it almost doesn't make sense not to get LEDs for those kind of uses. I want to ask you about some lights that frankly suck. Uh-huh. Um, there replaced, are plenty in all lighting categories. There are uh, there definitely the you know a lot of times uh consumers would go to like your local green fair and the mm-hmm. utility or green group would hand out like a free CFL and then the mm-hmm. consumers would take it home and you know maybe they put it in a closet or something and it would only last them like maybe a few months, and they didn't like the light, and so they said, oh, I'm done with green lighting, you know, it's all no good. Mm-hmm. Well, it's certainly true that there's a lot of poor-quality CFLs, and there are some poor-quality LEDs, too. And the biggest thing I say with CFLs, and it makes a huge difference, is get one that has the Energy Star logo, and that's it's the same program that certifies uh, washing machines and TVs, and so any light bulb that carries that, and they haven't yet developed it for LEDs. It's coming, but we're, um, it has to meet minimums. So it has to, it's rated for at least 6,000 hours. It has to come with a two-year warranty, which is significant, because if you get that bulb from the store and it only lasts you a few months, the company will replace it. So it also has to start up immediately. It can't make any audible noise. It has to have uh, minimum qualities for the actual light. So that really, uh, you know, you might pay a buck more for an Energy Star logo CFL, but it's really worth it in my opinion because there are some really cheap. Uh, you know, another thing is that people always ask where the lighting is made. Well, according to my research, 90 plus percent of all lighting products are made in China now. So, and that's true for LEDs, CFLs. Uh, LEDs actually have more components that are made in the U.S. 
and a lot of the design work is done here, and some of the, the chips are made here and then shipped there and assembled. But uh, certainly with the incandescence, that's true too. The, uh, you know, there's been some news reports recently of people saying, oh, with the increased lighting standards, we're going to lose some American manufacturing jobs. Well, 90% of manufacturing jobs for lighting have been in China for some years. So the uh, what's really exciting, though, is that the increased standards are creating a lot of innovation. We are seeing a lot of green jobs created here. We can sense your, your passion and your excitement, and this is radiating, no pun intended, to, to all of us. But before we take a break, I just want one more question. So back to these lights that suck, okay? Yeah. <laughs> they're orange. They're they're like they're in my basement and there's like 10 of them okay. and 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 just it's this it's just like uh it's probably great for halloween cuz the room looks yellow ah. frankly um but you know these are obviously CFLs do you think that CFLs are going to go away you know do you think that 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 dim orangey is just going to people are going to just not be Well they're really about getting a lot better the uh, I I did a lighting test in a uh, studio this uh last week and I got uh, some of the newest CFLs from major manufacturers, and I actually was really impressed. And actually, I had a photographer in the room with me during. Uh, for some of the CFLs, she couldn't actually tell which one was the CFL, which was the old, uh, old-fashioned incandescent bulb. And definitely, that was definitely true for the LEDs. One of the the, the newest LEDs. It's actually only twenty dollars for the bulb, and uh, you know it's supposed to last for years. And this happened to be the EcoSmart bulb you can get from Home Depot. But she actually couldn't tell that it wasn't an incandescent. You know, when she wasn't looking at the bulb, because the bulb itself looks a little different. But so that's really uh, gone a long way. I would, for all lighting though, I would, you know, if, if it's Energy Star covers that class, go for that. If it's uh, otherwise brand names, definitely good. You know, the old style where it's GE, Philips, uh, this new bulb called the Ferox, which is on the cover of the green lighting book. That's a really exciting new bulb. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of, you know. They do age. All all technologies, LEDs, CFLs, they do lose some quality as they age. The like the, with the Energy Star, their their standards they can't decay too too much. But uh, you know if the if the light has aged a few years and you're not happy with the quality, it might be a good time to to upgrade or maybe put that in a place where it doesn't matter as much where the light is. But we haven't talked much about halogen, but let's let's pick up on halogen after the break. Just give us uh, give us a minute. We'll be back, everybody, right after the break. Life Tips will be right back after this short break. Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-service solutions is AdMedia.com. AdMedia delivers an incredible lineup of specialized XML feeds for local, social, and search, plus the advertising arsenal of PPC, SEM, contextual, display, and more. AdMedia gives your campaign real visibility, from emailers to domain redirects. AdMedia tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything AdMedia can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. AdMedia, strong ROI made simple. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at bruceclay.com. 
Are you happy with your landing page performance? Discover how to improve your landing page performance with ConversionCritic.com. Brought to you by Engine Ready. Turn your underperforming landing pages into cost-effective sales-producing machines. Be sure you're not wasting your precious PPC budget. Conversion Critic tools give you the ingredients to create high-converting landing pages. You don't have to be an expert to use Engine Ready's Conversion Critic tools, but you'll feel like a landing page pro. Take the guesswork out of increasing your conversion rate. Visit ConversionCritic.com and boost your conversion rate for free. That's www.ConversionCritic.com. It's time. it's time to get inside with Affiliate Marketing Insider. Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And now back to Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Here are your hosts. We're back with Brian. Brian, thanks for again for being on the show today. Absolutely. Halogen. What's up with Halogen? Are they getting left in the dust here? Well, that was one of the exciting things for working on the green lighting book, Byron, for me is uh, I didn't really give give them too much cred because so halogen is a type of incandescent. So it, it produces light by having a little tiny filament in there, which if you look close, you can see, and it runs current through that, and then the filament gets hot, and then it glows, just like the uh, glowing uh, wires in your toaster. So the, uh, that's how incandescents work, but a halogen is different because around that it has a halogen element, and uh, like bromine or one of the other ones, and so that makes it work more efficiently and makes the filament last longer. So it does still produce a lot of excess heat. Halogens are 10 to 40 percent more efficient. The newer ones are typically more like 30 to 40 percent more efficient than an incandescent. They typically last two to three times longer. So it, it's uh, they typically pay for themselves pretty quickly. And uh, one of the good advantages is they can be very small, so they're very popular for track lights, and they were very popular for like auto headlights and things like that. So what I recommend them for now is that if you need good dimming, in uh, you know for an interior space, they could be a really good way to go. Because the other thing with dimming is that the more you dim, the more energy you save. So LEDs are dimmable, but they're uh, you know, there's a little bit of a, a sticker shock. Because still, even if the, the bulbs are twenty dollars, if you have a track and you need to fill twelve, uh, you know that gets a little expensive. So, unless you have a little money to invest, you know, if you did, if you could spend that on LEDs, they'll pay for themselves in a few years, which is good. But if you don't have that kind of money to spend up front, which is understandable, uh, go for the LEDs. Because CFL dimming is getting a lot better, but they're still uh they don't have the full range of smooth dimming uh that halogens do. So that that's a good they're a really good stopgap and they're also really affordable. So if uh they only cost slightly more than incandescents. So if you're really on a tight budget, I, I would take a serious look at halogens. And also these uh these hybrid bulbs there some people are some of the manufacturers call them halogena bulbs. It's basically a taking the halogen technology into a more of a familiar looking incandescent even than what halogens used to be made at. So you can replace in, in normal fixtures. So that's a really good, you know, it's a cheaper alternative. It's going to save you energy. It's better than the regular incandescents if you can't uh, spend a little more today. Um, some other really exciting topics, and I'm not kidding on this one. I always get fascinated when I when I begin to explore the opportunities and the possibilities here. Um, solar and, and next generation lighting, you know, solar mm-hmm. lighting, particularly 
outdoor that was lighting. Fun to research. Very exciting. I always feel feel so great when I see outdoor lighting. The problem with it though is that it kind of looks like oh that must be solar lighting. You know, tell us what what you know tell us what's going on with with outdoor lighting in particular and, and some breakthroughs with solar. Well, you're, uh, it's a little more expensive to buy. You're seeing uh, a number of communities where they get a grant are doing solar outdoor lights, and they, it takes a few years to pay to pay off because it, simply because the solar panel and the battery that you need, because, of course, you, you don't so much need the light when the sun's shining, so you need a battery, and batteries are expensive, and batteries require maintenance. So the um, they are a little pricey when it comes to places that already have grid electricity, I mean, it is a green product, but the uh, where solar lighting is really taking off is off-grid, and it, you know certainly that's true for uh, people who get like a cabin in the woods and the you know it's away from the the U.S. electric grid. But you're really seeing it though as like a developing countries, and after the uh, there's a big deployment of solar lighting in Haiti after the earthquake because the uh, you know so much of the infrastructure was in rubble, so. The, um, you had a bunch of nonprofits and some companies going in and installing solar lighting, so you know it could help relief efforts. It could uh, they were putting it in hospitals so doctors could see, and you know they were getting schools up and running again. So it makes a lot of sense if you don't have a grid there and you can't afford to extend the grid. It makes a lot of sense. So the technology is really coming a long way, especially paired with LEDs because LEDs are so efficient. So it, you can make a highly effect, effective combo with a small solar panel, small battery, and just a couple little LEDs. So and the prices keep dropping a lot. So it's it's an exciting technology. Hmm. What percentage of bulbs right now, um, in general, overall, are uh, efficient and not using old school designs? Do you have any thought? Do you have any any data on that? Are we getting more and more efficient as time as continues on here? We definitely are, and when the, the in 2007 is when the U.S. Congress passed the uh, light bulb efficiency standards that, starting in 2012, light bulbs have to be 30% more efficient, and it sort of rolls out over a couple of years depending on the class of bulb. But when they first passed that, there was a tremendous amount of talk and excitement about, oh, we'll just take the designs we've used for 100 plus years, like incandescents, and we'll just make them 30% more efficient. So you, most halogens that are built today already do meet that standard, so we're, we're going to be seeing more of those. And there was, there's been research on taking, looking at other ways, you know, besides halogens, are there other ways to tweak incandescence to, you know, maybe there's ways to tweak the fixtures we already have. And there's been some advancement in that, but from what I've gathered from talking to scientists is that research hasn't progressed as much as they thought, and it doesn't seem to be, the, it doesn't seem to be a good ROI going in that direction versus just making CFLs better, making LEDs better and more cost-effective. So what most experts I talked to suggested is within about 10 years, most everything except for maybe some specialty things will actually be LEDs. Hmm. So that definitely and seems that, to be the direction we're heading. that saying. concurs with your book. There was a just just some some data from your book suggests that you know LED lighting reached um, 337 million, up from 205 million in 2006, and the prediction for 2012 was 1.65 billion. Um, so that's pretty interesting. Yep. Um, on top of the fact that. The book predicted that estimated by the year 2025, LED will be the preferred method for lighting. Do you still stand with that theory? You think LED, everything's really moving down the LED path right now? Yes, I definitely think so, especially after testing the, the most recent bulbs that you can buy today. 
they were uh, really imp- uh, impressive compared with what I got to test even a year ago when we started working on the book. The uh, this an LED replacement bulb for a regular fixture was about sixty dollars, and it definitely wasn't as bright, and the light wasn't as uh, going in all directions. It was more limited. And now, just one year later, you can get bulbs for twenty or thirty dollars. The light's better quality, and it fills the room better. So that's pretty wow. pretty dramatic change in just about a year. What are your favorite brands for LEDs for 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 house for the home? Uh, the I was really impressed with the EcoSmart, which is uh, aggressively priced at twenty dollars. That's it's made for Home Depot, so it's, it's I also like it because it's widely accessible. The bulb on the cover is really exciting. That's uh, rolling out now. It's the Ferox three hundred. It's made by a company called Lemnis. The um, GE is working on some exciting ones that should be out really soon. Sylvania is one of the world's best lighting manufacturers. They're um, they're coming out with some good ones. So those are really good for uh, they call what them retrofit bulbs, which means for? you can just screw it into a regular fixture. The it's even it's actually a better value, especially for commercial. To instead of getting these retrofit bulbs, is to get an actual integrated fixture where you've got the the driver built in and. Because uh, I got a chance to interview this uh, gentleman. His name is uh, Bobby Van Winkle, actually, and um, he, he works in uh, Hudson Valley, New York. And what he does is replace fluorescent tubes from, you know, for offices and schools. He replaces them with LED tubes. So it's um, it looks pretty much the same on the outside, but inside it's a bunch of little LED solid-state chips. And the light light is really nice, and it has the benefit too of you can cycle through different tones of the light. So if you want a, a brighter white or a more softer yellow, or you can mix them, and you can it's very nicely adjustable. It doesn't have the it has a softer feel. It doesn't have the uh, the negatives that uh, you know some people aren't so crazy about fluorescent light. So it's a bit more expensive. It's uh, but it's getting close to to penciling out too. You know it it will pay for itself over time too. Very interesting. I have some lighting, um, and I want to ask. I haven't got the ladder to climb up to this particular ceiling vault, but imagine I have a rim around a, uh, a ceiling, and the light projects from the rim up to the ceiling itself, but you can't see okay, the light. Okay. Yep. Is that is that a halogen? What kind of what kind of light source is that? Or is that an LED? Uh, the bulb itself is it's probably wood. Halogen. It's, it's definitely sort of like it's not directly wood on wood, but there's a a thin wire, probably a tracking wire that goes all the way around the perimeter of the room. Okay, it's probably halogen. It, you can do, uh, but that's a great strategy. The uh, to use some some people call it indirect lighting to, yeah, especially if uh, you, you put the light on a white ceiling or wall. It's actually a great way to really uh, make the ambiance in a room a lot better. And because uh, what you really don't want actually is just a single light overhead. That's uh, you really want multiple sources of light, and indirect lighting like that is really good. So that's probably fairly efficient. What you have there. Yep. Got it. Um, well, I know you had some tips to to close us out on the show. Um, you don't have to go. You can sort of speed through them. Some of them you put a lot of time into creating them, and I thank you for that. We're gonna we're gonna try to publish them on Life Tips and drive some traffic to your profile over there uh, from from the great content you created. But what are some tips? Just just give give the users some ideas on um, a how to get excited about this, <laughs> um, and b some really good great tips that that you've taken some time to put together. Run, well, I run think some of your tips if you could. Well, I think what's uh, my uh, what got my co-author Seth Lightman excited. To, to do the book in the first place was that he just went to the store and saw a CFL. He's like, you know, kind of curious about it. He bought one, 
went and put it in. He thought, oh, you know, this is okay. And then he just got his uh, paper and pencil out and calculated how much money he'd save a month. And uh, in his case, I think it was $8 for the bulb. And then he calculated, you know, how many lights do I have and then how much is that a year. And he was pretty impressed. And he's like, wow, this is great. And he went back and he bought more. But I think, you know, looking at it that way is uh, exciting. And also I like the fact that he went, he tried a bulb and saw it and he liked it. You know, if he didn't like it, he could, most places will let you exchange it or, you know, if he didn't like the light or something. That's that's a good rule of thumb instead of, you know, don't think that you have to, like, change everything all at once. You go and try one thing and then experiment. Lighting is pretty intuitive, but it also can be experimental. So that uh, can work pretty well. And, uh, you know, I think, too, that I spent a lot of time in the book talking about, because I, I don't think it gets enough credit, is daylighting, which is really totally free lighting because you're just using what comes in from the sun. So there's a lot of things you can do to take advantage of that. Just something as simple as your curtains. Open your curtains in the day, close them, and uh, you know at night or in the winter when it gets cold, and you'll uh, you're getting all that free natural full spectrum light. So that's a good way to go. And you know if you're a little more advanced, you can maybe thinking about doing a skylight or adding a window, and that really makes a big difference. There's even some high tech, but quite affordable. They're cheaper than skylights. These devices called solar tubes, which I thought were pretty cool. It's basically just a little uh, pipe with a lens on it on your roof, and it brings in light, and you can bounce it around corners and even go into the basement, and that really makes a big difference. That's nice. Any thoughts on you know uh, on 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 destroying and discarding of of lighting, and why we need to be careful about that? Well, yeah, that's a great point. It's one we do hear about a lot. I've spent uh, a fair number of pages. It is important. The um, especially when it comes to any fluorescent lighting, you know, whether it's a CFL or a tube, it does contain a small amount of mercury. Uh, I know people are really worried about this for good reason, because mercury is toxic, but uh, the studies show that you're unlikely to be injured by it. it you know, it's, try not to break it, but if you do, it, it, there's no reason to panic. There's no evidence that you will, will actually be hurt by this, especially c- compared with how much mercury is in f- uh, fish and just how much we get from other sources. But the, uh, but it's still, it's something to, you know, in most places it is illegal to throw a fluorescent light in the trash, so you don't want to do that. All Home Depot stores accept them all the time, so you can just take them there, drop it off, they'll uh, safely recycle them. Most towns have a, a place, a designated place you can take them. Just look uh, you know, look in your town website or call up uh, a transfer station or a waste disposal station. They'll take it. Usually there's no cost for those things. You just drop it off. Uh, for commercial facilities, it's more highly regulated because if you get a lot of bulbs together, you know, conceivably that could be a problem. So usually they they have uh, uh, services that come take them. You can get this thing, if you're a building manager, you can get this device called a bulb eater, which is actually pretty fun. It's a 55-gallon oil drum that has uh, some, um, like a capture device in it, and you just put the bulbs in there. It just crushes them all up and just keeps everything contained. And then you just have your uh, waste man- management service come pick it up. And then the materials inside get recycled and reused, so there's value to that too. So the biggest things are uh, be careful with them. Don't uh, don't throw them in the trash. If they do break, just ventilate the room for at least 15 minutes uh, and then come back and then scoop up everything. You know, Don't touch it with bare hands, but scoop everything up and put it in a sealed container. Glass is best if you have that, a glass container. Uh, if not, if you have to put it in plastic, just double bag it. And then just do the same thing. Call your uh, waste management or even easier, go to lamprecycle.org. 
and that. Just type in your address, and it will give you a list of all the places that will take it. So it's really pretty easy to do. I know people don't like to think about it because they like to just think they can throw things in the trash or their, their regular recycle bin. You do have to take one extra step, but it's well worth doing, and it really isn't that difficult. Hmm. Are there any final concluding tips to send us off our way to the to Home Depot or to the store to make some purchases and, and make the planet a better place? Any more any more final tips and advice for us, Brian? Well, it makes a big difference. The, even CFLs are 75% more energy efficient than incandescents. So you're definitely going to save. If you use a lot of lighting, it's going to add up pretty quickly. And the more you can open your windows, let the sun in, the more you're going to save. So it's one of the easiest things to pay off. It's you know A lot of people are interested in, in solar panels, wind turbines, you know which is really great. Those are exciting. But lighting is much, much easier. It pays for itself much quicker. It's something anyone can do. So I really recommend that everybody start there. That, you know, whether you're interested in green, you just want to save money, you want to improve the lighting quality in your home, improve productivity, it's really a win-win-win. There's, uh, there's really no downsides to it, so it's a good place to go. Well, Brian, I want to thank you for uh, for being on the show today. Thank you. Indeed. If people want to get a hold of you, ask you some questions, how can they connect with you? A uh, good way is on the Daily Green's Facebook page. I'm always there lurking. It's the Daily Green or Facebook.com slash the Daily Green. Uh, or you can find me on the Daily Green.com. Terrific. Well, thanks again for being on the show. We appreciate uh, everything you've done. Thank you, Byron. How long did it take you to write the book? I'm curious. Did you spend quite some time on it? It, it took us about a year to uh, – Wow. It, it was definitely quite a bit of work. It was more work than we expected because there was more uh, more going on in the field than we expected, which was really exciting. But it was a lot to a lot to learn. Hopefully – Well, I have the book in front of, of me. I highly recommend it. It, it. It's a it's an overwhelming resource, but you've helped it make it make it exciting and interesting and worthy of digging into. So thanks again for being on the show. Um, until you. next week, everybody, I hope your life was a little smarter, better, faster, and brighter. <laughs> no pun intended. And thanks again, Brian, for being on the show. Thank you. Until next week, everybody, we'll see you next week with more great tips and advice from the Light Tip Show. Thanks for listening in.